You, my friend, are listening to the Happy Hearthstone. This episode is brought to you, as always, by listeners just like you. Thank you so much, Roger A., Samurai Flea, Nate Dog, Luke S., Ridiculous Hat, James W., Forrest B., Electric Mick, Clape HS, Matthew D., and many, many more. You can join this amazing family, help support the show, and get some great perks in return over at patreon.com slash thehappyhearthstone. Be sure to join our Discord, too. It's free for everyone. Connect with great like-minded people at thehappyhearthstone.com slash discord. Hello and welcome to episode 158 of the Happy Hearthstone, the longest running Hearthstone podcast in the history of space and time and cards. I'm your host, Andrew Brown. I'm so thankful to be with you today because guess what, everyone? I'm going to tell you why I'm happy real quick. It's my birthday. Hey, nothing better to be doing on my birthday than hanging out with you lovely folks. So thanks for joining me. I've got my free Starbucks drink because in the U.S. at least... Uh, Starbucks graces you with a free, uh, way too overpriced beverage. So I think this one would have cost like $8 normally. That's crazy when you think about it. I'm actually going to pay $8 for like a cup of coffee. But hey, if it's free, I'm going to take advantage of it. So hopefully I will, uh, I'll get more awake as, uh, as this episode goes on. But thank you so much for joining me. Uh, it's a little unfortunate. The guest I had scheduled for this week, we had some scheduling conflicts uh, a couple of days beforehand, so just didn't work out to get him on this time, so hopefully we'll be able to bring him back again. But in the meantime, it'll just be you and me returning to the singleton format, I suppose. Is that what we can call these episodes? Singleton episodes? I don't know, something like that. Um, but man, there has been a lot going on in the Hearthstone universe, so much so, it's probably going to amaze you, those of you who listen to other podcasts, that we haven't talked about some of this yet, but uh, the truth is that it's, uh, it's been a while, so we'll, uh, we'll jump right into it, uh, because I don't know that there's a lot more to talk about as far as why I'm happy. It's my birthday, it's been a lot going on, honestly, it's been a really busy season in my life. Uh, just a lot going on with family, getting ready for baby. If you missed that episode before, we've got a second kiddo on the way here in a few months. So we're just trying to prepare our family and our, uh, our daughter for that. <laughs> She's going to be a great big sister, uh, but you always have to deal with the dynamics of just adding one to the family. So uh, yeah, all of that's fun. I can't think of anything too crazy that's going on. Still enjoying my uh, my time with the guys over at HS Replay Net. Um, we're doing a lot of great stuff. If you actually, I should give a shout out. If you missed the announcement and you play Magic: The Gathering Arena, we're actually working on a deck tracker for Magic: The Gathering Arena called Untapped.gg, and you can go to that website Untapped.gg to get more info. You can sign up for updates and stuff. I will have a beta rolling out here pretty soon. I've been I've been uh, tampering with it a little bit, or and not with the deck tracker, but with uh, with MTGA. Um, it's uh, it's such a classic game. It's like if you haven't suck your, sunk your teeth into it, you probably should, um, especially since it's the same format where it's free to play and all that stuff. So uh, it's a it's a beautiful experience too. The UI and everything they finally got right after after many years of, of watching Hearthstone in the shadows. Uh, so yeah, I'm really excited for that project, and we've got a lot in the uh, in the kitty for that. So uh, let's go ahead and jump into the news. So like I said, we're stretching back quite a ways here since we're uh, doing episodes every other week right now, and 
the first thing on the list here is the February 12th Blizzard made a pretty significant decision that disrupted all of its fans. And that was to lay off 8% of its employees after declaring record profits for the company. Uh, there, there have been a lot of really good commentaries on this so far. Um, I will probably link to some of my favorites in the show notes. Um, I don't want to belabor this because I, I, I think as a community we really have moved on. Um, but if any of you are still mourning this, um, well, I, I, I guess I should, I should take a step back. If any of you haven't heard about this, um, this happens with companies from time to time where they think that they need to restructure especially with the new president, with Jay Allen Brack. He probably sees things different than his predecessor did and is trying to modify things for um, just for what he sees as the future. And a lot of that was noted as a de-emphasis on community management and esports and a heavier investment in developing the actual games themselves. So it's actually a mindset that makes a lot of sense, um, but there's a really harsh reality to that when a decision's made like this to just cut ties with so many uh, employees that have done an incredible job, uh, probably don't deserve to get laid off or be fired. And um, yeah, uh, the community, uh, obviously, when you make a decision to take away community managers, that's going to upset some people in the community who have really seen these people as their direct connection to the company. Uh, and to the games, ultimately, that we all love. The thing that is so tough with Blizzard is that with their games that they've created, with the strategies they've used for years in creating World of Warcraft, Starcraft, Diablo, all these universes, the way that they've done things has bred loyalty to an insane degree. So, you know, we the tough thing with loyal people is that they will buy pretty much whatever you put out, but also they are very expectant about things delivering in the same way that they always have. So something like this that seems cold, uh, that seems uh, really uh, unempathetic, um, that honestly kind of flies in the face of some of the core values of Blizzard, is just really, really difficult. Now, if you've been processing this at all, you've been wondering, hey, should I continue to support these games when it seems like Activision Blizzard is just this corporate greedy entity that, uh, that can never be satisfied? And every person has to decide that for themselves, what you're going to do. Um, I, especially the day of and the day after, I was, my head was swirling as far as like, I, I just don't feel good about supporting this company. And there's, there's part of me that still doesn't, um, if, I'm, if I'm really honest. But... At the end of the day, there are still people making these games that we love. And to not support those people would almost be just as bad as, um, as just continuing to uh, go on without any, kind of, without any kind of change of heart or anything like that. So I, I would encourage you, if you still enjoy these games, keep playing them, keep, uh, keep supporting them, all that kind of stuff. Um, it, it's actually tough to see it as support when they are making so much money. I don't think it's, uh, it's, it's so much that. But, um, but if you want to see these games continue to flourish and grow, uh, there's still a great team behind Hearthstone, obviously. The people who are still there are doing a great job. Um, and we can do that and still mourn the people who left uh, unwillingly, or not unwillingly, what's the right word, who were forced to, not because they wanted to, yeah, it's tough for me to figure out how to put all this into words because it's just, it's a messy situation. And um, 
I'll especially link to this YouTube video that I watched that was just talking about how, hey, this isn't anything outside of the realm of how American capitalism works in some ways. And it's not that American capitalism is the enemy, so please don't hear me saying that. It's that when, uh, when things work to support a, a greed level, a, uh, a corporate level, and that's what matters most is the bottom line, the investors and that kind of stuff, then we kind of lose out on a lot. So um, I'll be sure to link to that one and to a couple other uh, commentaries that have really helped me. So um, my heart goes out, honestly, to everyone who, uh, who lost their job through this. I know it's been a few weeks, but uh, those, those realities are still present for many of those people, I'm sure. So, uh, and, and for probably most of them, I mean, working at Blizzard is a dream job for so many people. And uh, these people, many of them, it was their dream job. So to be let go, I, I know from personal experience can be devastating for a very long time. So, uh, so yeah, that's what I got for you on that. And uh, we can continue to just support, uh, keep them in your thoughts and prayers. Okay, I keep, I keep being unable to actually say my thoughts, so we should move on to the next thing. Uh, the next thing is a small but not insignificant thing. Uh, Ixar is one of the lead developers for Hearthstone, and on Twitter, he tweeted out uh, asking for feedback, and he got a massive amount of feedback. His tweet said, If Hearthstone used to be your main game but isn't anymore, what would get you back? And it was a great little gif of Cookie Monster and I think Kermit. Is that right? Yeah, they were talking about a question mark or something. <laughs> so I, I saw this. Actually, this was one of the first things I saw when I opened up Twitter uh, the day after, I think. Because he posted it at like midnight or something. So uh, I, I was just checking my phone for the first time that day. And it was right at the top of my Twitter feed with like, you know, hundreds of, of responses and stuff. And really interesting to see him reaching out. Uh, really great to see that because he, you know, opening yourself to feedback like this is a very vulnerable thing to do um, because you can you can get a lot of rage from people. You can get people who are upset. But honestly, like from the conversations that we've seen with XR so far, um, it really seems like a genuine guy and I think is wanting to get some very direct feedback about specific people. And he's gone on record saying, when you offer feedback to the team, don't speak on behalf of everyone. Speak for yourself. Speak to your experience. And that's very much what this question is. For your experience, if Hearthstone used to be your main game, but it isn't, what would you get you back? Now, I want to peel back the layers of this specific question, though, um, because it actually is, um, is a little bit alarming and a little bit scary to me. <laughs> And I hate to admit that, but I just kind of have to speak to speak to what I see on that. Uh, the fact that he's asking this means that there is a significant amount of people who have played Hearthstone, who used to play it significantly, and do not play it anymore. That information is not surprising to me at all, whatsoever. Uh, the game has been through a lot of ups and downs. And especially through the past, oh, I would say like nine months or so. I don't remember exactly when Ben Brode left. But that really did usher in a new era. And um, I would say that the past few months have been significantly better. But maybe the six months between Ben Brode leaving and some of, uh, 
well, I guess the last really difficult one was when they said we're not going to nerf Giggly Inventor. Um, I, I think that was probably the pinnacle of the tunnel of chaos, as I, a mentor of mine once called it, where nothing makes sense and it's just really confusing, but you have to keep going, sort of, um, for, the, for the Hearthstone team and for us as a community, honestly. So due to all of that, yeah, not surprising at all that people have come and gone. And um, this question has to be coming on the other side of data that proves that, right? Um, the other thing that this question says to me is that as a team, they're recognizing we can't ignore the people who have sunk a lot of time and money into this game because we're losing those people. Uh, Hearthstone has done a great job and done a lot of things to really help new players get engaged. Uh, the ranks 50 through 25 movement was part of that, um, you know, changing uh, or adding in um, packs and, and rewards for ranking up and, and stuff like that. Uh, being able to borrow friends decks. I mean, there are lots of little things that have really added up to the new player experience being really good. The question in the back of my mind always has been, I wonder what the churn rate is. And if you're not familiar with that term, churn rate is something in business with customers who leave. Uh, so if you, um, like you think of, like, I don't know, for me, I, I have used the same shampoo for like years, right? Um, I think I think I use Suave because it's good and it's cheap. <laughs> so for Suave, they would look at me as a core customer because I buy it every time I need shampoo. Um, but let's say that I just liked trying different kinds of shampoo. Maybe I, I bought Suave for a couple months, but then I really didn't like it. Uh, so I went over to Perp Plus instead. Suave would see that as churn because they lost a customer that they had for, for some time. And every company looks at it a little, a little bit different. But for the Hearthstone team specifically, I think that their churn rate probably has been through the roof as far as players that have stopped playing or are not playing nearly as much as they used to. And uh, the 1,200 replies that Ixar got are, are proof of that. I responded to him personally as well. The main thing that's been on my mind has just been like incentives to play. After hitting Legend, getting 500 wins with all classes, uh, like the only core thing that I haven't done yet is 12 wins in Arena. And I just don't, I, honestly, Arena has never been my strong suit. So it's not something I really feel like I, I want to do. I guess I haven't gotten Legend in Wild either. So that's something, um, but I would really have to devote an entire month to Wild. And I just haven't, uh, haven't wanted to do it, honestly, because it's kind of, it's kind of similar. So, um, so that's been a big thing on my mind. A lot of people brought up tournament modes. Um, but a lot of people also I uh, emphasized what I said, uh, that they don't feel like there's any reason to play anymore outside of just getting Legend again or getting the monthly card back. And, and those things are so old hat. The thing I didn't think about until I wrote it out to XR is that I've been playing this game for five years now. That is a long time. And uh, easily, you can if you're playing regularly, like I have played very regularly, <laughs> Uh, you can get those 500 wins on everything. Um, I don't think that the answer is necessarily, okay, we need 1,000 wins for every class and a platinum portrait. That would be nice. I would be very happy about that. But that doesn't solve, that doesn't get me engaged in playing a lot of Hearthstone every day. Um, I think that they need to relook at the 10 gold per three wins system. I think they need to come up with new game modes. That's a that's a big thing. A lot of people were saying make Brawliseum just a standard thing in um, in the in the game modes. 
and then really, I think that's the heart behind when people say tournament mode. Would a tournament mode be fun? Yes, absolutely. And like the way Eternal has been doing tournaments, I think they need to look at that and try that out because it's been very cool, fun, engaging. Uh, to see high level players, but it's it's got a they've got a very good on ramp. Essentially, what they do well, I, I've talked about it on on the show before. I don't think I need to, but they just make it accessible to everyone from home to be able to kind of prove themselves and then enter into a single elimination tournament um, for uh, cash prizes, for world championship invites, all that kind of stuff. So, um, I I think that people just want new ways to play the game. And what's concerning to me, to circle back about this, is that I think we've known that for a while now. And so for, for XR to be asking the question, at, at the end of the day, is a good thing, but it worries me that, we're, that they're asking that question now. And surely there's got to be stuff in the woodworks that we don't even know about, that they're developing, that they're building up, that will hopefully be out with the new rotation and and. Gosh, if we don't if we if we don't see some something significant, other than hey these three sets are going to get rotated out of standard and this one's going to be new, um, I, I think that the community is kind of going to have a, a collective sigh. We're going to be excited for new cards. We're we're still going to play the game, but we need something else. And um, I'm I, I'm hoping that there is something else. But this tweet has me worried that there's not. Um, or at least they, because this tweet says, we're not quite sure what to do yet, so we want to hear from you so that we can formulate plans. If they're formulating plans now, I would say that it is six months at the earliest that we see fruit from those plans. Um, they're not going to just do everything that was that was thrown at them, but they'll analyze what people said, look at percentages, all that kind of stuff, and then um, kind of try and shift plans based off that. So I hope that this goes alongside plans that they've already put into place and are working on, um, but I'm nervous that uh, that what feels like they are already behind the ball in responding and doing things for the community, they may be even further behind than we had hoped. So um, this isn't all doom and gloom. This is just my analysis. I mean, you, you hopefully you know that by me doing this show, by me showing up uh, behind the mic and stuff, I love this game and I believe in this game. And I believe that when they deliver on this, it will be good. I don't think that um, us core players who have been playing for five plus years who don't really have anything to achieve left in the game, I, I think that there will be things this time next year uh, that have that have been that have kind of solved that issue and hopefully well before that um but it does kind of tell me don't uh don't necessarily hold your breath waiting for those things <laughs> kind of lower expectations see what happens and and at the end of the day again be very thankful that they are listening um i loved his uh xr's follow-up tweet he said time to drink some boba and read these 1200 replies no big deal <laughs> so uh so yeah so really thankful for XR for doing that. I'm hopeful that there's going to be some good stuff to come from this, from the Hearthstone team. I wanted to process it a little bit with you and uh, just let you know what I'm thinking and where I'm at with all of that. Okay, next thing on news. Remember when we didn't have news before? Like nothing had happened? Yeah, a lot happened. <laughs> from just this past week, the Hearthstone eSports team has announced their new plans for the next year. Um, I, I know we don't cover esports a lot on this show, and we probably won't, but it's worth talking about briefly, uh, this new format and everything. 
my my buddy Wicked Good did a great episode, really uh, breaking down all the details, giving kind of some hot takes about um, what he thought are going to be the strengths of this new format that they're going to be using. So I'll be sure to link that in the show notes. But you should be listening to Off Curve. If you're not, seriously, what, what are you doing? Search for Off Curve in, in whatever podcast app you're listening to this to, and uh, you can go listen to his takes on that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, this is a strong departure from how they've done stuff in the past. If you're unfamiliar, uh, maybe you remember terms like Conquest or Last Hero Standing. Those have been best of five tournaments where each, uh, each competitor brings four decks of different classes, and as they're matched up against an opponent, uh, they each ban one class that their opponent brought, and then they play a best of five. Uh, with Conquest, you have to win with all three of your decks. With Last Year of Standing, you have to beat all of your opponent's decks. And uh, if, you're, if you're interested more in those, you can look into them. But, uh, but this, this Hearthstone Masters uh, uh, program is now going to be very different. So what you're going to do is you're going to bring one deck, kind of. <laughs> and that is going to be your primary deck. So let's say that you decided uh, Spiteful Druid is the best deck in the in the game for tournaments right now, and I, I I don't think you should, but let's just say hypothetically you do. So you bring your Spiteful Druid deck. That is your primary deck that you are going to bring. You also actually get to bring a secondary and a tertiary deck, and those decks must have at least 25 of the same cards as your primary deck. They can differ up to five cards from that. So the and then you will play a best of three against whoever you're matched up with. Uh, during that first round, both of you must play your primary deck. But then in, in all of the other games, either of you can switch between your primary, secondary, or tertiary. You can stick with what you had, or you can you can play one of the others. So the idea is you have up to five cards that you've changed and organized in a certain way to tech against certain matchups. Uh, this is really interesting to me. I Honestly, like my gut from the beginning has been that this sounds pretty cool. Um, this it, it's so it's such a departure from what we've done before. But the people that have really came to mind are like Fibonacci, Zetalot, who are known for playing one specific class. Um, they uh, they will really be able to shine, I think, in this format because they don't have to know a bunch of stuff. They can know their one their one class and um, really prove just how well how well they can do with that. So I, that, that will be cool to see. Um, but I like the idea of this, this term of sideboarding. You've probably heard it's used in a lot of other card games like Magic the Gathering. And typically what happens with that is you would bring your deck, but then you'd have a sideboard of like 15 cards or something like that. And between rounds, you could swap cards from your sideboard with cards in your deck. So it's a lot more flexible than this format is, but this is kind of a soft sideboarding where you're able to prepare variations of your primary deck uh, that deal with certain matchups that may not be as great. And the tough thing will be that your opponent has done the same and will be able to um, to modify on the fly as well. If you won your first round, you may not necessarily want to just stick with your primary deck because if it was a bad matchup for your opponent, they're going to swap to a more... Uh, specialized um, or uh, pointed, I guess, uh, list to combat what you brought. So it should be interesting. There's a lot of ups and downsides potentially. I'll be really interested to see how this um, how this goes out. Um, but it's it's exciting that there's something different happening. 
and should be interesting. Uh, honestly, this uh, this the announcement uh, we've been waiting for for a long time just to see what it's going to be like. Um, they also announced that there are going to be a lot of online qualifiers. Um, I've seen I've seen a little bit of chatter about how difficult it's been to sign up for these. Apparently, uh, just everyone signed up for them immediately, and they got way overbooked. So I, I'm hopeful that they're going to open that up, figure out how to do do that better. Um, I, I think part of that was because they actually announced that there will be deck pri- or excuse me card pack prizes for competitors in those. So um, yeah, so they've got online qualifiers, they've got uh, ranked ladder qualifiers. So ladder does matter again. If you uh, if you heard about that, it sounded like they weren't, but now they do. Uh, so, yeah, and then obviously higher tiers. So uh, go listen to Steve's uh, Wicked Goods episode. And uh, my friends at Coin Concede, I'm sure, are going to really break all of this down too. So um, I'll be sure to link to both of those. And uh, But it, it's exciting to see what's going to happen and should be fun uh, to just see the difference uh, in the upcoming tournaments. And then the last final thing that I want to let you know about is the Choose Your Champion is up for HCT Winter Championship 2019. Um, as you're listening to this, you've got only a couple days. This ends February 28th. So if it's uh, if it is February 28th or later, I'm sorry. If it's before then, though, be sure that you go and choose someone because you get a free uh, Rastacons Rumble Pack just for doing it. And uh, as in the as in the past, you will get a pack for every round that the person you chose uh, qualifies for. After that, so um, I can't remember who I chose. Oh, Bunny Hopper. Yeah. I, I, I kind of have followed a new schematic in my mind for how to, how to choose champions um, because there's been like this curse of the most popular person for quite some time and it's actually come true. So I kind of, I, I try to go a little bit off kilter. Bunny Hopper is not like an unknown name by any stretch, but he's a really good player. Um, he's qualified for these in the past. Um, just placed really well. So my heart said Ike, but my mind said Bunny Hopper. So I, I went with him on this one. So if you need a suggestion, you can go with that or go with uh, go with whoever. But I've got the link in the show notes over at thehappyhearthstone.com. If you need to need to do that, be sure to get your free pack. All right. The sponsor break is going to be different today because I wanted this to be a, um, a fireside chat, if you will. It's not quite a gathering. I mean, you can't get Nemzi or anything, but I uh, wanted to talk with you here. Um, so the Patreon, like I've mentioned in the last episode, we weren't able to hit the goal for weekly episodes, unfortunately, this past month. And we are near the end of the month here, and we're really, really close to getting there. So as always, I always talk about the Patreon like um, this is a way to tip the show, to help the show um, increase in its reach and, and all that kind of stuff. If you enjoy listening to this show and you want to see it continue to grow, you can be part of the family that's helping to make it happen at patreon.com slash the happy hearthstone. I do want to let you know that there are going to be some significant changes to the Patreon coming up soon. Um, I'm planning on rolling those out in April. Um, of course, I'm going to let patrons know first about those changes so that they can plan accordingly. Um, but I've got some really big stuff in the works that I think is going to bring even more value than before and help some of you, especially if you haven't hit your goals on uh, in-game, if you've been wanting to get to rank 15 or break in a legend for the first time or whatever that might be, I've got some stuff that I think is going to especially help you. 
Um, but it'll be it'll be an, an opportunity to really connect on a deeper level with other people who listen to the show, uh, who are like-minded, uh, positive, and want to help one another grow in this game. So I'm really excited about that stuff. Um, that should not preclude you from joining, though. So especially if you'd like to see those weekly episodes hit in March, I would love to be able to do those. And it just takes a few more people jumping on. Again, patreon.com slash the happy hearthstone. And then the other thing I want to talk about are the ads that I've been running in these episodes. So um, first of all, I want to apologize. I feel like I should have talked about this a long time ago, so I'm, I'm sorry for not doing that. Um, the way that uh, I, I want to give you a little behind the scenes as to why they're here and um, a big thing that I figured out I need to do in order to make them better. So the, the platform that I upload episodes to um, is called Podbean. And I, I love this the simple way that they're able to um, to uh, j- just make the the podcast uh, flow uh, work. And they started up an ad service that was really simple uh, as as a host to just kind of insert into episodes and stuff. Um, when I saw it, I thought, okay, this is a little I, like. It's nowhere near the impact that the Patreon makes. Um, so in some ways, I've kind of wondered, is it even worth doing? Um, but I, I realized, like, basically, it's a new, uh, it's like one extra patron, essentially, on the um, on the Patreon. So uh, so that, that was worth it. And especially talking with some listeners, I realized, like, some listeners really can't afford to do anything for the Patreon. And they said, you know, if ads are a way that I can support the show, then I'll, I'll listen to them. I'll, I'll let it be just a part of the episode. That's fine. So, um, so I decided to keep going. It's still experimental in some ways. Um, but I've, I've been really disappointed lately with how they've broken up into episodes um, because the, the mid-episode uh, mark is usually the best place for those, uh, those sponsor breaks to lie. Um, I've been putting in where that should be, and the system just doesn't get it quite right, and so it ends up being uh, mid-sentence for me or something that it breaks in. So, um, so yeah, I want you to know from my perspective, I've been really disappointed about that. What I want to try is adding in a little bit of artificial silence um, so that it won't be as disruptive um, the thing is, I don't know for every episode if there will be sponsorships like that. So it may be just that there's a little bit of silence and that's okay. Um, so I'm going to continue trying this. Um, if you really don't like the ads, then right now at the $2 level on the Patreon, you can get episodes early and those episodes are uh, commercial free. So other than talking about the Patreon, like I do every episode, um, you won't hear anything additional to that. So if you're interested in supporting the show, don't want those ads in there. You can do that at $2 a month and, and get access to that. So um, so that's that's just what's going on behind the scenes, the why behind it. Uh, let me know your feedback. I know I, <laughs> you don't need to let me know that it's been disruptive listening to it because I know that from my, <laughs> from my own experience, and I'm sure everyone who listens would agree. Um, but hopefully this is a better way of doing it in the future. Let's go ahead and try it now, um, and this will be a this will be a little uh, sponsor break from uh, from some friends who are supporting the show.
I trust that that was a better experience for you, and we will just do that moving forward as long as there are sponsors for the show like that. So uh, thanks for thanks for listening. Thanks for being patient with me, too, through that process, and I hope this is a better experience. All right, I don't have a ton of time for a main topic, to be, uh, to be quite frank. Um, I'm recording this in the middle of my workday, and I, I need to get back to work. Uh, but what I wanted to talk about briefly, because this has been on my mind as we're getting ready for rotation, is I wanted to talk about some cards that I can't wait to see go, and then one card that I don't want to see go. It's crazy to me because uh, I started hosting the Happy Hearthstone when Journey to Angoro hit the scene uh, a, a few months prior to that, but that was the first review episode that Wiki Good and I did together on this show. And so it's a little bit nostalgic looking back all the way there. Uh, Journey to Angoro, Knights of the Frozen Throne, and Kobolds and Catacombs, that really was a, a special time because we were just kind of feeling our way through this. And now after a couple years plus of doing this, um, man, just love this. But there are some cards that we talked about way back then that I am uh, I, I have worn on me a bit. And uh, the reason why, I guess, like I said before, I'm not as excited to go back in the wild, kind of ready to let these ones lie. So um, there, there may be a couple surprises on here, but I'm going to start out with one that I'm sure many of you agree with, and that is Deathstalker Rexar. I'm ready to see Deathstalker Rexar be retired uh, from, from Standard. And really, as I started thinking about it, it's all of the Death Knights, right? Uh, I feel like this point has been belabored, so I don't want to belabor it myself. Um, but Infinite Value is a very strong uh, uh, advantage for any card. And especially Deathstalker Rexar and Frostlich Jaina, they can just do things that really uh, obscure the game. And especially for a class like Hunter that has limited resources, is able to be very aggressive, um, but then kind of loses all of the steam. For them to have access to a card like Deathstalker Rexar that, that is a single card that gives them whatever they need for the rest of the game... Is pretty crazy. And I've been playing mostly Hunter this month, so uh, I've, I'm getting my fair share of saying goodbye to Rexar in the right way, um, but I'm, I'm really ready to see him go. And really, all of the Death Knights I feel that way about, except, I mean, like, poor um, poor uh, Death uh, Scourge Lord Garrosh, you know, he hasn't really done anything other than a few tempo decks, uh, so he's obviously not a problem. And the the other one that I've thought of that I really wish saw more play was Desir Thrall. Uh, really cool evolve effect, but then I feel like his hero power of being able to evolve something into, uh, or a friendly minion, I think, into into something that costs one more, is just a, it's, it's a subtle way that you've got the potential for infinite value, but you have to be able to have a board that sticks. And without being able to roll a totem every turn, uh, you you are not as guaranteed to be able to do that. So I really like Desir Thrall. I wish that uh, there had been more uh, more ways to use him. So I would be okay if he stuck around. But um, but pretty much everyone else, I'm I'm okay with uh, with going. Maybe Shadow Reaper Anduin. It's a, it's like I, I I played a little bit of Wicked Goods list after he hit Legend with it. And it's, it's been interesting viewing Shadow Reaper Anduin as more of a tempo card rather than a, an infinite value or, a, you know, Shadow Reaper Anduin really is, I'm setting the clock now for the end of the game, essentially. It's almost like Rin in a way, but much more aggressive than Rin. So, um, yeah, Deathstalker Rexar, get out of here. I don't want to see you anymore. 
Uh, the other one that I wanted to talk about is Reckless Flurry. Uh, this is the three mana spell for Warrior that you spend all of your armor to deal that much damage to all minions. It's when control decks get two solid board clears that, um, that things really start to get concerning. Um, and I was thinking about this in terms with uh, Priest. They've got Psychic Scream and Mass Hysteria, and Control Priest is starting to get pretty good um, because of that. Now, Psychic Scream is later in the game, so it's, it's a very strong card, don't get me wrong, but, um, but there, at least there's delay to get you there, right? With Odd Warrior right now, they've got um, Smolderthorn Lancer, they've got Brawl, they've got Reckless Flurry, so there's just a lot going on there. And that's just an Odd Warrior. Are, are you kidding me? And don't forget about the other Odd Warrior cards like Dynomatic, Dragon Moss Scorcher, and Crowd Roaster right now. They give you just removal after removal after removal. And granted, that's what Odd Warrior wants to do, but I, don't, I, I feel like they should not have that many tools. And Reckless Flurry right now is just one where, um, you know, you're, building up the armor is not a difficult task with a, uh, you know, a spend two mana and gain four every single turn if you want it. Not to mention shield block and other things like that as well. So I think it's time for Reckless Flurry to be, um, to be put in, on, the, on the side and not be picked up again for quite some time. <laughs> Another one, this one may surprise you, Dire Mole. Hmm, one mana, one three beast. What could be crazy about that? Well, a lot could be crazy about that. Um, Crackling Razor Maw is a cool card, two mana, three, two, that adapts a friendly beast. Uh, it's powerful, and it's cool. My issue is with Dire Mole, though, because when you have Dire Mole on turn one, Crackling Razor Maw on turn two, uh, it just allows for some really insane shenanigans. Um, and all of it is because of the health on Dire Mole. If Dire Mole were a 1-2, it may not be quite as crazy. A 1-3 is just significant. And uh, you think about Northshire Cleric and Priest um, and the advantage that can be taken of that. It's not just Dire Mole that has something like that, you know. Um, but as a beast, in a Hunter deck especially, I think we had some problems with Dire Mole in, in Druid at some point. I could be wrong about that. Um, but it just, it, it pairs too well with the Crackling Razor Maw. I think about Crackling Razor Maw and Spring Paw and think that is still pretty powerful. Being able to rush with something that uh, could be a 4-1, it could be a 1-1 with Divine Shield, it could be a 1-4, yeah. Um, those are all powerful, but I feel like it's a bit fairer than just playing the 1-3 uh, adapting it to have plus three attack, and then that was a one mana four three that you played pretty, pretty much. That's that's not that's not okay. Um, we are saying goodbye to both uh, Crackling Razor Maw and Dire Mole, but I'm blaming I'm blaming the mole on this one. Uh, I won't miss you, Dire Mole. Goodbye. <laughs> and then the last card that I am ready to see go is the Caverns Below. This one may surprise you because it's certainly not meta right now. Uh, this is the quest for Rogue. And I think that I, I think the quests were kind of ready to say goodbye to. Uh, we've had quite some time with them. Uh, most of them have not proved to be problematic in any way. The Caverns Below being the extreme, uh, the extreme exception to that rule. Because Caverns Below has been nerfed two times before and still sees play. And I think that really the reason that we're not seeing it right now is because people are just tired of it overall. It's, it's died down, um, but I think in the right conditions, it could rise up again. And 
I, I remember when we were calling for a nerf the second time around, we just said, get rid of this card. We don't, we don't want it. We don't need it. Uh, it's caused too much insanity. It's too good for these aggro combo decks. Uh, so don't, uh, just don't, don't let it be a thing at all. And uh, even though it's not prevalent right now, I, I worry that it could be if it stuck around longer. So I am, I am ready to see it go. So goodbye, Caverns Below. Won't miss you this time. Won't miss you again. I've also got a card that I don't want to see go. And in order to tell you about it, I thought that it should be the card of the week. So here we go. Let's, play, let's pay tribute to a card I'm not ready to see leave standard yet. Well, Andrew wins looking like he needs a hand with his hand. Could you let, use a little boost to the boarding card advantage? Such a fantasy, don't you think? But if he even wanted just a little more, maybe a peek at his foe's deck. You don't need much more than to play me on the board. You won't be bored. You're gonna be glimmery while you try to figure out your opponent's hand. You know what he has? You have something so glimmery. Don't ask why, cause you just found me on the jungle floor. Don't you know? Oh, whoa. Well, you can guess, guess, guess what's in your opponent's deck. Oh, uh, what the heck? None of these cards matter. So I guess you're gonna have to get better. Oh, no. You gotta this guy. You just wish you were so glimmery. Just be so curious and glimmery. It's Curious Glimmeroot. <laughs> curious Glimmeroot is a 3-mana three 3-3 three, three epic priest minion. Uh, battle cry, look at three cards. Guess which one started in your opponent's deck to get a copy of it. And I remember talking about this. Uh, I, I remember briefly the review with Wicked Good. I mean, this was the very first round, Journey to Angoro, that we did together. I remember saying, I just love the flavor of this card. The fact that it's like a, a little game, almost like a shell game where you've got you've to guess. But there's some amount of maybe you could know your opponent's deck well enough. And then you get a card advantage from that. Three mana, three threes, not bad on its own. Um, I just love this card. It's, it's seen some play. And I would love to see... Um, effects similar to this where there's a little bit of luck and a little bit of strategy that really allows you to get a uh, an advantage over your opponent so uh, yeah I I've been thinking about this card a lot because Ixar has pretty much he said in his value town interview that we will see some kind of mechanic that disrupts your opponent's hand which is good for the game. Um, it's it's a good check for combo decks, and it's probably going to be neutral, it sounds like, which is, again, good. I would love to see something like Curious Glimmer Root be that. So, I mean, you think about Curious Glimmer Root straight up. Maybe it's look at three cards, um, choose which one is in your opponent's hand to discard it or something like that. that that's pretty straight up disruptive, but... Um, and, and maybe actually that's a little too powerful because if you know what your opponent's playing, there's a good... Oh, how about this? How about this? Instead of just three random cards, because that, that's where you could usually figure out what Glimmer was showing you, unless, like I said in the song, <laughs> uh, none of them are meta. That sometimes happens. Um, what if, look at three cards from your opponent's deck, guess which one is in your opponent's hand to discard it. That would be pretty cool. 
Because then, then it's truly get a guessing game. Maybe with a if this were a priest card or along in a priest deck, you could find out what was in your opponent's hand with Camellios or Mind Vision or something like that. That could be interesting. Um, it's probably a little bit more luck, but I think I think in order for it to be fair for the because if you play that card against an opponent that's playing OTK. You just they just don't get to win. So we talk about polarization and stuff. That would be a really polarizing thing. So in order to get it right, it's got to be nuanced um, and I think be more luck based rather than um, rather than just knowing what your opponent's playing because it, it seems to be a little bit easier. So curious glimmer root, I will miss you. I love you and uh, I hope that your spirit lives on in another card somehow. All right. Uh, well, I skipped over the community section, but I uh, want to thank you so much, those of you who have reviewed the show, and want to remind you, as always, I'll be raffling off a coaching session at the end of March for somebody who has left a review. So if you have not done that, you've been hearing about supporting the show and all that, this is a free way that just takes a few minutes that you can really make an impact on the show indefinitely. How cool is that? Leaving your mark on the show. So if you're listening to this episode on Apple Podcasts, it just takes a couple taps. If you're not, maybe when you go back to your uh, your computer and you've got iTunes up, search for The Happy Hearthstone, leave a review, and then shoot me a, an email at thehappyhearthstone at gmail.com to let me know you did that, and I will add you into the, uh, the raffling for a coaching session. And as always, just want to thank you so much for listening to this show, remind you that you are the Happy Hearthstone. This show is all about the community. I, every podcast has a community surrounding it, but truly I love that this, this show is about the community. So, uh, so thank you so much for listening and for being a part of the community and family around this. Uh, the Patreon is always going to be the best way to support the show. So if you, uh, if you like it, if you want to see it grow, if you want to join in, then go over to patreon.com slash the happy hearthstone. Like I said, there will be some big changes coming, so I don't blame you for kind of waiting for that to happen uh, and understand that. Uh, just get ready. Uh, I'll, I'll be telling you more about it next month, and then we'll launch it in uh, at the, I, I guess at the end, actually. Yeah, I'll, I'll, probably, I'll probably change it the last month of March. I didn't think about that. <laughs> kind of, you, you need some buffer time, essentially. Maybe it'll be earlier. Anyway, I'll figure it out. I'll let you know. And always have to send a huge thank you to uh, the producers of the Happy Hearthstone, Risen and Menok. Thank you so much for supporting the show at the highest level. Both of you uh, just mean a lot to me. Thankful to know you both and uh, thankful to continue on together as we make this show. So thank you, thank you, thank you. I. If you'd like to follow me on social media and everything, I'm on Twitter at Andrew is Living. You can also find me on Twitch at Andrew is Living. I'm actually going to plan in March to have a, uh, a lot of streaming going on because uh, my wife and daughter are going to leave me for a week, <laughs> essentially. Uh, my wife works in the public school system. She's got a, a good time off for spring break, and so she's going to go out uh, be with her family for two weeks. I'll go join them for a weekend, but I'll have quite a bit of time at home, so... I'll, uh, I'll have a streaming schedule for that week. I think it's uh, like the late teens, early 20s of the month, something like that, if that makes sense. Uh, so, yeah, but you can follow me on Twitch at Andrew's Living if you want to find uh, or find out about all of that. So that's all I got for you for this episode. Uh, looking ahead, I'm hopeful that in the next week or two we're going to hear some more information about what's to come with, uh, with the new... Um, the new year of the whatever 
Uh, it's not going to be Year of the Unicorn. I wonder if we're going to see like some something aquatic, Year of the Serpent or Year of the um, Year of the Whale or something like that. Uh, year of the Whale could have some funny connotations to it. <laughs> but uh, either way. I uh, can't wait for that. Uh, so thankful for you. So thank you so much for visiting the Happy Hearthstone and having a little fun with us. I'll see you next time.